That's the sound of a Sierra Nevada hot bullet. Plug. Plug. Welcome to Black Sheep and Bad Apples, the podcast that more or less podcasts sober, but we get very drunk during our commercials. Huh. Yeah. I'm the host, Lauren O'Brien. We got Mr. Sam Mitt. Yo, what up? <clears throat> what up, fam? Senor Joe Dacey. Howdy, howdy. And our co-host takeover for today, tonight, is Sean, the producer, Hill. Oh, yeah. Yeah, how you doing, baby? I'm doing pretty good. He's yeah. like our Dr. Feeling Dre. Feeling all right? Yeah, he's our Dr. Dre. <laughs> he's coming in to, to get featured on the podcast. Yeah. That's, I'm, I'm a Not feet. Dr. Dre, Sean. What's his yeah, Sean. Right Sean, on. yeah. Dre, no, he it, might be in later. We, Dre, we put in a call. Come yeah, yeah, and we would really yeah. appreciate. Yeah, the, uh, he, he gave me like a stern maybe. Yeah, so like bad apples we'll feature, and that's how you got to label yeah, featuring Doctor Dre. Yeah, Dr. we're gonna have Dre. to put that in the title. Not just the real Doctor. It's no. featuring always featuring Doctor Dre. What we gotta do is featuring featuring Doctor Dre. Can I do that name be featuring Doctor Dre? Can you feature Doctor Dre? No, I mean Black Sheep and Bad Apples featuring. Sean Hill is host. I mean, I think we should do, Ooh, and right. I think we did do that because last right. week we had Daisy and it's featuring Ooh. Joe Daisy, isn't it? Featuring Daisy, featuring yeah. Daisy, yeah. I like I that. That's got a ring to it too. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Why? Featuring Joe J- Daisy sounds That's like it. a punk band. Mm. You want to be my, my new punk band? <laughs> featuring Daisy. <laughs> featuring Daisy. He's oh, not going to be, be on the first band. three albums, I would be though, in that keep band. in mind. So he's not going to be on it? On the first three albums. <laughs> he only starts being introduced on the fourth album, and that's when all the popularity... Yeah, because we pretend that like he's he hasn't heard of us for three years. Or the first three albums. Like, These guys are so good. I just had to get on with it. Yeah, and, and you're like, like, who is that dude? I'm a fucking killer. <laughs> I can sing like a motherfucker. Like, you like, haven't heard of Daisy. <laughs> the only time I was uh, in a band was uh, this band, The Flops. And I would put on a ski mask and stand in front of the drum set so no one would run into the drum set. <laughs> oh, that's no fun. one the audience or no one the yeah the, a little okay. bit of both. I played a battle of the bands once where um, the requirement to be considered a band when you entered for it is you had to have at least three people members, <laughs> and we had a couple <laughs> friends that they just made beats and hip hopped over them and stuff. But it was like mm, uh, I don't know what I want. Like early night or early twenty twenties EDM poetic hip hoppy kind of EDM y kind you know, it was real experimental and stuff, but they only <laughs> had the two of them. And that so they got one of their friends to just put on a, a bear costume and he just literally danced on the stage as a bear the whole time to their music and was just like a hype bear and that but that's how they were able to get into the contest. Imagine imagine like they make it big. And like they just blow the fuck up, and your whole job in the band oh. is just to wear a bear costume. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's that is fucking awesome. I would that, love that gig. You would be Flavor Flav. I'd be the Flavor Flav <laughs> of that band. Yeah. It's kind of like if you if you entered in the NPR Tiny Desk contest and you were in the video, but it's just a dancing bear, and you won, you would have to go on tour as a dancing bear. Yeah. And that's kind of a cool role when it's like, yo, bro, you need to go tour around the country with us playing a bunch of shows. As a bear. As a bear. <laughs> You're going to go to every Chuck E. Cheese across the country. Yeah. <laughs> so, we're turning tonight's podcast over to you, Sean. Uh, oh, yeah. What do, what do you got? What, let's, uh, let's, let's, you know, I, I like a little, is. I like the little specials we've been doing here, kind of passing it off. And I got a little special. It's, uh, 
you know, we've been doing a bunch of stories about shipwrecks and about, uh, you know, Joe brought up getting lost and then running into the water. And I, uh, we keep doing a bunch of stories that are about bodies of water or running into water, something to yeah. do with water. And that's where it kind of hit my head is I was like, you know, through all these stories, though, I haven't heard any folklore. Well, like when the well, shipwreck that's... story happened on the island... Yeah, there was a little bit there, and that's on like. But that was real. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, and this stuff. But I was like, you know, with the the recent shipwreck stories, I was kind of like, what, what about the part where where all the guys on the island were like, hey, everything's cool here. We got our little fort. We got our this. We got our that. But but just don't don't go go to that side (laughs) of the island because there's this crazy monster that'll kill you, and it happened to eat one of our patrons already. Yeah, or also or don't fish or swim in this part of the the island because there's big octopus will get you. The octopus will eat you, you know, or like pirates going out and you know we uh, when we talk about Blackbeard with his his crazy beard and stuff, but we. You know, I'm always wondering about the like. Well, what about the the mermaids in the sea? What about the things that kind of change the morale of a lot of these stories? I feel yeah. like where a lot of these are pissing their pants on those ships, well, thinking about the kraken. Well, and keep in mind when you're shipwrecked on like an island, you're f- you have famine, you're hungry, mm. you're tired, you're thirsty. You got to make all these things, so your brain is really going through a lot of stuff, which I think kind of starts ensuing some folklore a little bit. And that where it's like, hey, you know what? Don't go over to that side of the island. It's mostly because there's a bunch of poison ivy. But because you're so dehydrated and hungry and just trying to worry about living tomorrow, mm. it now becomes the wilderbeast of the, you know, yeah. whatever and stuff. It looks at you and stings. So I wanted to bring up uh, tonight a classic story of the Loch Ness Monster. Mm. Which has been around for a long time. I'm sure we all know a little bit about it. Um, yeah. But if you don't know much about it, uh, or what the Loch Ness Monster is, it's a large marine creature believed by some to inhabit the Loch Ness, Scotland. And Loch Ness being the lake, uh, Lake Ness, Loch Ness. Lake Ness. Of Scotland. Uh, now, this has been talked about, uh, this has been a talked about creature for a long time, an- dating back to ancient civilization. Now, I want to point out the first written accounts appear in a biography of St. Columba from 565 A.D. So, I mean, Jesus real Christ. early on, I'm written down. Like some some dude was like, there's a fucking monster out there. <laughs> and that's a terror. That's not even a Scottish accent. But, yeah. It's, uh, that's that's crazy. A strip though. on the Barbie. Yeah, no, and that's <laughs> just the first written account. Before that, around uh, the highlands of Scotland, there's actually... Um, stone carvings in the walls and stuff of, you know, depicting this creature that inhabits the lake, and there was kind of this thing, like, you know, the people, when they could only make hieroglyphs and stuff, were like, oh, I think there's something in the lake we should maybe think about and put it in the history. They were, like, writing alerts on, on so the I, rock walls, like, <laughs> chiseling it into the, there's a fucking monster out here, like, careful. And what I, what I like about this story is this story actually um, goes from ancient times to kind of current times from today so from people carving carvings into rock walls to rate you know 565 ad making a written gesture of it all the way up to to current times now in the in the 20 or the 2000s and stuff and it's believed this what i think is kind of interesting is through all this this myth um it's been a big impact to scotland it's it's recognized that they make about eighty bill or eighty million dollars a year 
off of just having uh, just Loch Ness shit. Of just yeah. Loch Ness. So <laughs> Scotland's economy is affected by a roughly, you know, give or take, obviously some millions of dollars and stuff, around eighty million annually from the Loch Ness monster. Oh, you know these. Mo- they're they're one hundred percent trying to like raise a plesiosaur from dinosaur DNA to, oh, put, yeah. that, to <laughs> put in that lake. So they're like, see, that's it was it. here yeah. the whole time. And John Hammond, the, oh, the dude God. from uh, Jurassic Park, the old man, is actually Scottish. He's like, we're doing it, we're doing it to make a Nessie. <laughs> yeah, that was a much better so story. I, I do kind of want to throw that in there just a little bit because through the thread of this story, there is some some things we'll discover which will question whether or not we believe that this monster is real or not, which is kind of the point of, you know, whether or not you believe that Loch Ness Monster is actually real or just an old story folklore type of deal. But the fact that it actually makes such an impact in the Scottish economy (laughs) is kind of interesting to me where it's like, well, Scotland's like not corn out. We, you know, they're like, yeah, well, you know, and, I don't know where 80 million annually for the government or the the country really falls in line with what's selling or actual resources and stuff like that yeah. comparatively. But it's kind of funny that they're allowing this to be a part of their society yeah. where they're like, yeah, well, touristing, uh, we make money off of Loch Ness. There, there are other towns that do something very similar. Yeah. Like uh, Lake Champagne has uh, Champy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Champy. And, yeah. And like Champy. It, it's a very similar story yeah. to uh, the Loch Ness. So, uh, yeah, no, and there's definitely they a couple. love him too. He's like a little like pet. He's got like a little mm-hmm. smile, and they put him on all the shirts well, and everything. That's like. right. I've forgotten about that. <laughs> so, and we do want to. Yeah, from New York, I shouldn't have. We do want to keep in mind they they nicknamed the Loch Ness monster Nessie, which Nessie. I do think adds a little bit of. I don't know if it's feminine or I just want to say soft. Nessie. It's it's Nessie. It's Nessie. It's real friendly. It's considered a monster, but it seems to be friendly in the naming of it. And this it's because it sounds like Betsy. And the Scottish want to kind of keep it. I got got a question. Has anyone in history actually been mauled by this thing? Mm. Oh, that's yeah. No, there's no attacks. There's no attacks that I've found that are recorded. That would, but uh, I actually will get to that. Seems to be a theme. No, I'll I'll get to that. By the way, that have come up is that like. Like Bigfoot doesn't actually attack people. It's kind of tries to spook you out. So I, nobody's, I guess, been, nobody's been mauled by Nessie. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's where it gets into it being a mental or a physical thing. Well, and that's all I'll throw in a little bit uh, here as we'll go through because there is some encounters that kind of explain a little bit of like the the style of Nessie and how the character of this creature acts and how it's related to and stuff like that. So the first written uh, account of Nessie was by was in a biography of St. Columba from 565 A.D., where it tells of a story that the monster bit a swimmer. So we, I guess there is one, well, ac- one account, and, well, and it's, it's the earliest account ever of, of Nessie in the lock. But he's just a baby. No, yeah, no. Well, yeah, he's he baby know what he's doing. I'll, I'll bring up some of that later. We'll get into yeah, that. But. I wanted, I'm, I'm curious to hear the... Uh... So the, the like physical size, yeah, yeah, and pur- you know, purported physical size. So the the story goes that uh, by Saint Columba that he wrote down was that it bit a swimmer and was prepared to attack another man when Saint Columba intervened, ordering the beast go back, <laughs> go back to where <laughs> I came from. Oddly, the beast obeyed. He just Gandalf. He was just well, like, oh, it is Saint what's his nose? Saint Columba. Saint Columba. Yeah, Saint Columba just stood up and was just like, no, you're not biting another one of my people. Get, <laughs> yeah, no, I don't care. Back and that and eh, it obeyed, ordering the beast to go back. It obeyed, 
Over the centuries since then, only occasional sightings were reported, and many of these alleged encounters seem to be inspired by Scottish folklore. So it's, you know, we have to take in old mind stories where it's like, what was that thing and that creature in the sea a little bit? Yeah. Which, uh, the Scottish folklore, which abounds with mythical water creatures. So a lot of Scottish culture seems to have uh, mythical water creatures that are kind of fluid through through that. It's a marshland. Of course the, um, the people that come out of, like, their seals... Or they could be people. What mm-hmm. was that? What's that one? That's like another. mermaids and uh, it's like, like a mermaid, manatees. but it's not. It's, it's like, like a siren, right? No, there was a movie. I remember seeing a movie about it as a kid, and it's like what would happen is they would these creatures that were seals and people would come up to land hmm. and take their seal skin. Oh, off. selkies or something like that. Sel- selkies, right? I and don't they remember. And this. you could ca- if you captured their skin. You know, and they were all beautiful women, right? Of course. <laughs> or, um, and if you captured their skin, and then you, they were your slave in a sense. Kinky. Hmm. That's a that's 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 pretty right. close. You know, don't quote me, but that's what the movie was like. That about. was awful. Oh. Yeah, I never heard of that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm looking up right now to see if they are in fact selkies, because yeah, they are the seal folk. That's Are mythological seal. beings capable of theorianthropy, changing from seal to human form by shedding their skin? They are, you know, yeah, yeah. like water uh, werewolves. Huh. Hmm. Is that a Scottish? Scottish, Scottish that, okay, so that's on like, so they apparently have something with water, mythal, mythical it's water creatures, yeah. you know, yeah. like they like it. It yeah. seems like they're interested in it. It's, it's fun. Maybe it depends. I don't know. You stare, well, at, you stare at the ocean a lot. You start building up some stories. Yeah, and it's <laughs> yeah. the ocean, and then there, it's also like a marshland, so like, <laughs> water's everywhere. Well, now keep in mind that St. Columbus, uh, Columbus' account of the monster is only the first written account. Reports of a monster inhabiting Loch Ness date back, oh, I said that, to ancient times, notably local stone carvings by the Pict. Yeah. Depict a mysterious beast with flippers. That's kind of what they were carving on the wall with some mysterious beast with flippers. Uh, the 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 pick being uh, one of ancient people who lived in what's now eastern and northeastern Scotland, which is generally where the lock is and where they're finding yeah. most of the accounts is the eastern northeastern yeah. area over there. I did find a. I kind of thought this was neat. The picked, their name it seems might refer to the custom of body painting or tattooing. Just a little side tangent. Uh, considering it's believed Pict, P-I-C-T, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it actually right, uh, comes from the Latin word Picti, P-I-C-T-I, meaning painted. Hmm. So the indigenous culture there, uh, apparently, you know. They were just like slapping them I mean, with needles because they were like, there's seal people out there. Like, yeah, I'm not sure of the pronunciation. Scottish yeah. warriors Heard is kind of like, when you think like Scottish warriors, like William Wallace kind of sh- stuff, it's... uh. Always that blue paint, the Celts with the paint. Like, they wore paint into battle, not armor. Yeah, it's... That's smart. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I've heard rumors that they, like... Psychological They would send berserker, like, their version of berserkers in, just chewing on a shitload of mushrooms. It'd be high as fuck, and they'd just be naked as fuck, running into battle like crazy (laughs) and berserk. And, like... Vikings do that as well? I don't know, but I know it's rumored that the Celts did. 
Maybe it's just a, one of those, the savages run in because they're savage, and they try to conquer us with their naked bodies, Yo, offending I, the Lord. You know? I could see a huge, strong dude who knew how to already use all his weapons, who is tripping nuts on mushrooms and in like a blood frenzy, and, which yeah. just be like the and believes there's some mysterious <laughs> beast in the lake field. with flippers. You just yeah. hope you'd yeah. have some archers around. Right. <laughs> and you're talking about people who believe in We're flippers. We're defending yeah. Nessie! <laughs> 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 All right, so obviously we can see that some form of a creature in Loch Ness seems to be a thread through history. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it dates way back. It's, it's obviously going from ancient times of Scotland. Now, before we get too far, I want to point out that there appears to be a monster or creature or beast seems to be based on some sort of actual encounters. For some odd reason, people are seeing something in the lake and they're writing it down. Hmm. I, I don't feel like the ancients too much would be carving in the wall a beast with flippers in the lake if there wasn't something that seemed to at least ensue that, that thought in your mind. Uh, regardless that there have been some questionable investigations reporting in more recent decades. It seems that this lake has something special about it. So obviously, like, a lot of folklore, people are going to look into it, and they're going to be like, eh, I, chemtrails in the sky, I don't believe it. You know, like, that's just how it's going to go and stuff. Some, uh, uh, some attractive and luring quality uh, that has been bringing people to the lake for centuries seems to be kind of the more what I'm getting at is there's something luring about this lake. And yeah. I don't know if it's the creature or if it's just the magnificent beauty of the lake. So I did want to take a time. Probably a little bit of mis- mysteriousness. Like here in Hayfork, we had uh, see what, a picture of this. What was that that BBC uh, show called? Like they came out here looking for Bigfoot a couple years ago with fucking mm, yeah. uh, oh, it was, Matt uh, LeBlanc. Top, top Gear. Top Gear, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like they're always kind of looking for that kind of crazy yeah, yeah. shit. Plus, you got wing nuts that are out here that are like, Bigfoot's out here, I'm going to find him. So I imagine there's something like that going on as well. well. And I do find it, like, interesting a little bit that it seems, you know, Bigfoot's in kind of the Redwoods area. Loch Ness is in this beautiful lake. It seems like a lot of these mythical creatures take place in a very beautiful area. You don't, you don't hear about, on. like, the, the monster I mean, of the trash dump of <laughs> New York or what, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, good hiding big lakes too. are beautiful. Yeah. Lake Champlain's... Mm-hmm. Also beautiful. I'm looking at pictures of Loch Ness right now. It's, so yeah, it's with a gorgeous, humongous lake with, with that, like old castles yeah. on the side. Yeah, with that in mind, I want to <laughs> fucking sounds terrible. <laughs> with that in mind, I do want to take a moment to talk about the lake itself, so we can just get an idea of the surroundings and the surrounding terrain. Loch Ness lies in the Highland Council area of Scotland. It seen uh, it has a depth of 788 feet. 240 meters and a length of 23 miles or 36 kilometers. Loch Ness has the largest volume of fresh water in Great Britain. So it's the biggest freshwater lake in Great Britain at all. It's a it's a pretty important lake when it goes to that. It lies in the the reservoir as well? Um I think they use it for a little bit because they've kind of started damming it up with the surrounding rivers and stuff like that. Uh, so it lies in the Glen Moor or Great Glen which bisects the highlands. If, uh, it forms part of the system of waterways across Scotland that civil engineer Thomas Telford linked by means of the Caledonian Canal opened in 1822. Okay, so it does, it does act as a reservoir then. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now keep in mind though with that, they've kind of dammed up this lake and at the time way back when there's not a lot of access to it. 
it's like you said, there's there's some castles around it. There's this and that. But there's not like a, a nice viewing route around the lake that everybody can go to the beach and this mm-hmm. and that. You know, it's it's kind of secluded up in the highlands. There's some famous people that own some uh, castles around those la- that lake, too. Totally, yeah. Right that's there. what I'm like. I think it was kind of the... And a lot of the... It's like castles. What, what I saw was like castles, but they weren't... It wasn't like a big, huge castle. It was like part of a castle or like a guard tower turret, like outpost sort of building. Mm-hmm. That was not clearly not still in use. It had, fall, it had fallen to ruin. Well, I think one, it used one to... just burnt down recently, and I like. Too, oh, I'm sure there was like, other ones. I didn't yeah, look like, at like a hundred pictures of the yeah. place, you know. Um, but yeah. Yeah. No. Big lake in a valley, man. So the water, uh, the watershed of Loch Ness covers more than 700 square miles, or 1,800 kilometers square kilometers. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, <laughs> and compromise. Uh, com- Prizes of several rivers, including the, I'm going to say this wrong. Just fuck them up. Uh, Oich, O-I-C-H, and the Enric. Its outlet is the River Ness, which flows into the Maury Firth at Inverness? Inverne? I-N-V-E-R-N-E-S-S. Inverness? Inverness? Yeah. Uh, which is Inverness. kind of an important town when it comes yeah, to the Loch Ness like Monster Inverness. story. We're going to get so many Scottish people pissed off at us because <laughs> we're pronouncing this shit wrong. We apologize now. No, we don't apologize. No, cease and desist. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah cease Come and desist me. Come on. Please no, send no. us please send us an audio file of of the per, per uh, the correct pronunciations of all these words that we are murdering. <laughs> yeah. And we might forget. Send them to fuckhobojohnson.gmail.com. Not at gmail.gmail.com. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. All right. So around the lake there's or <laughs> The lake also has seaches, which are surface oscillations hmm. caused by differential heating and are common in the lock. The sharp rise and fall of the level of the lock is one of the reasons for the scanty floor of the waters. Another reason is the great depths of the lock near the shoreline. So right by the shoreline, it's real Super deep. deep. And then the levels kind of do this all the time because of the contributing... Uh, the differential heating with the rivers and everything around it. So yeah. it adds for a scanty. It makes it real, you know, beautiful, I would say. It's just like the water kind of has this flora and aura to it and stuff. And then the surrounding highlands, you know. and Hard to drive big boats in it. Like, you can only ride, yeah. like, ride smaller. And, kind of and it's the biggest freshwater. So I'm yeah. assuming that it's pretty, yeah, docks are probably hard to get in and out of. There's not a lot of fishing going on. There's not a lot of... As far as shore, you know, maybe yeah. shore fishing, but people aren't running boats out there and no. trying to catch big catches yeah. and all that stuff. So it's a little bit of a secluded, really big lake. So that, you're telling me, uh, Freddie, foreshadowing, that there's a bunch of little mounds under the surface of the water? Hmm. I didn't take that into mind, but I'm looking it up right now. That's an interesting thought. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'll keep that. I'll keep that in mind. Put that in your back pocket. I thought I, I legitimately thought you were foreshadowing something. <laughs> I'm always, I, I mean, I'm kind of foreshadowing the whole time, but that's irregardless. But regardless, this is just a pretty important lake to Scotland. Yeah. We can kind of tell that it controls quite a bit. It's a lot of the little byways and flows, and obviously is a controlling area, especially for people building castles around the lake. There's some wealth involved. You know, mm. there's a a lot of things like that. Uh, well, let's see. It has rivers and canals connecting a large area of the highlands. For quite some time, this wasn't an easy area to traverse. 
It was really only consisted of forts and monasteries for a long time, notably Fort Augustus with its monastery at the head of the lock. Roads were limited around the lock, so sightings, it seemed, were sparse for a long time. So not a lot of people going there. It's hard bunch to get of, to. You know, a bunch of rich people hanging out in their castles and their monasteries and, you know, cool, the lake and stuff like that. And we're not going out on the lake. We're just admiring it quite How a bit. pissed off do you think the rich people are that people come to their lake and they're like, where's Nessie? <laughs> yeah. I personally don't care. I hope yeah, they're really they pissed. I hope they're off. really pissed off about it. I hope they're just like, I hope it ruins every Sunday tea <laughs> for them. Yeah, for real. Seriously. Fuck those people. All right, so the legend really took off in 1933, though. So keep in mind, it's we're going to jump existed. a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's gone back since before 565 AD all the way up to 19. It was like, oh, cool, you know, whatever and stuff. It's it, well, I think there's a, some folklore in that. But in 1933, it really kicked off. At the time, a road adjacent to Loch Ness was finished, offering an unobstructed view of the lake. So in 1933, they created like a main byway that went by the lake. You could the see the a- lake. You could too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was How a huge. How do hu- you know that, Sam? I'm looking at Loch Ness yeah. on Google Earth. Right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a huge access for tourists or anybody else wanting to go to the lake. Now, beforehand, that was kind of cut off. You had to traverse a little bit to get there. Now it's like, oh, drive your car there and stuff. Or obviously date back to you know. Whatever you're driving in Scotland at the time, or however you're getting to the lake and stuff, it was a lot easier. Horse and carriage. <laughs> it's more reliable than this new modern technology. Bagpipe jet uh, jetpack. <laughs> you want to be my new <laughs> <laughs> So in <laughs> so in April of 1933, right after the road was finished, a couple George Spencer, uh, no Spicer and his wife. Uh, report seeing an enormous animal, which they compared to a dragon, quote, dragon or prehistoric monster, end quote. And after it crossed their car's path, it disappeared into the water. What the fuck? No, so keep in mind they're driving this new road, and a dragon or prehistoric monster crosses their path, and then rides out into the water and is gone. And so stuff. what's, like, do, do you... Do you know of the credibility of these I people? I found a plesiosaur. Are they, uh, are they? Well, they're credible as in they've all all these reports have been printed in a paper in Scotland, or they've been published. They've been documented yeah. and are made part of the history. So that's what I do want to yeah. keep in mind. Well, that, that's also what I'm asking. Like, do we know anything more about these people, or is, is so the report is literally just like man sees a, a thing in the street yeah. and wife also sees it? So this is where I think zoological, especially yeah, in like, like way early person. Scottish publications and a lot of newspaper. I don't want to just say Scottish, but anywhere, a lot of early publications. If you had a good story and you told me, and I believed you because you're my friend, yeah, I'm going to print it. And now well, it becomes all, a, you know. They were also really big into uh, what's the term for it? It's um, sensationally uh, sensationalizing when you're just like, there's a dinosaur crossing the street in Loch Ness. Come down and check it out. Well, and keep in mind too, this is right after the road opened. So they're looking for stories about the lake. They're looking for things right. like, oh, what's up with the new road? How's it been? And a couple's like, oh, I just had this crazy experience. Dinosaur. But I find it kind of funny and interesting. So apparently the this water monster isn't bound to the water. That's what I kind of that, denoted I, from I it. I haven't heard that before. Yeah, that's new to me. Yeah, so this cool. is where I'm like, it's, yeah. it's the Loch Ness Monster, but it's been reported crossing the road. Did they say whether it had hooves? Or no, so we'll, we'll get around to that. All right. 
hooves? Well, the dinosaur equivalent to hooves. Uh, what I want to bring up is that it can get out of the lake and it can cross <laughs> it can cross rows, which makes me wonder if it eats and where. It... Me on my own show. How dare Sorry. Yeah, we'll wait. We'll give it a second. <laughs> Make sure everybody's on topic here. There All right, go. game face. All right. right, running Nessie. I'm on it. So. Apparently, it can get out of the lake and it can cross roads, which makes me wonder what it eats and where it sleeps. For instance, does this creature eat and it and sleep in the forest or surrounding highland area, and just likes to swim in the lake? Like to cool off. Like a yeah, maybe it's just nice <laughs> and it's chill and it's uh, cool, oh, you know. Uh, is this why also that it's been hard to find in the lake with all these people going out trying to find it? Because maybe it's just not even in the lake when they're trying to go fight it. Fight it. Or fight it, you know. Well, I'll get around to that later. Because some people go to fight this monster and some people go to see it. Floridian foreshadowing? <laughs> the other thought I had is that maybe uh, maybe Nessie nests outside of the water. I can only imagine that this creature has, been, has to breed every so often, considering it's been told about since ancient times. Yeah, and it brings up, like, the question, is it, like, Asexual? Does it is it hermaphroditic? Are there other Nessies that we're just like missing out on? Is this? Yeah, I mean, that's. Can it fly, dude? That Komodo dragon at whatever. Oh, the zoo. zoo. Yeah, yeah. Just produced six viable female offspring without a partner. Mm-hmm. So that's um. It kind of like brings that. up and does does the Loch Ness monster Nessie does she breed in the lake or she does it breed in the lake or outside the lake? Which, because obviously it's going from the lake to somewhere else, and it's hanging out on both ends, you know, is it like a, what's an amphibious creature that has to be in water most of the time, but can go on land to do some things, but it has, sea turtles. you know, that's what I'm like, maybe it's like, got yeah. that element to it. Mm. Sea turtles don't move that quick. Mm, yeah, and for sea sure. sea turtles mostly spend their time in water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, this incident was reported. Years, this incident was reported in the Scottish newspaper printed the story what year uh i will i think get to that shortly but i'm not sure off the top of my head right now (laughs) uh well you know what happens next a bunch of sightings followed so just like anything the paper printed a story of a crazy sighting at the lake and now everybody wants to catch a glimpse or have an interaction new roads built new sighting at the lake Come see us, yeah. You might so, see Nessie. So it seems like it's leaning towards like it's a tourist attraction, so that we can get people on our new fucking highway. <laughs> and that's I, you know, I want to kind of leer into that a little bit. As much as I like the Nessie story, I will get at the end. I will bring up whether or not you believe that old Nessie is real or not, because this is where it's an old folklore story or mythological or mythical creature comes in is like is it true or not based on the the facts that we kind of know throughout the history or maybe of it. some like shitty businessmen were like <laughs> yeah. hey we can take advantage of this dinosaur drawing from we actually haven't even touched upon what i think it, uh, like <laughs> there's a whole other magic element to a lot that's very interesting right? oh it's multi-dimensional that mm. the like, well like bigfoot well well we'll get into yeah, that let's yeah, let's yeah, yeah, so <laughs> so before this this story was reported uh, it seems that there were only a f- uh, only few reports from St. Columba in 565 A.D. Yeah. Alexander MacDonald in 1802. So we went from 565 A.D. to 1802. Well, state- no, we went from 565 
1939, and then back to 1802. Well, no, no, what I'm saying, though, is before 1933, yeah, yeah, yeah. there was only a few reports of it. Yeah. So really, really the history yeah. of the Loch Ness Monster started in 1933, and the reports of it beforehand, there was only I a see. handful, which was St. Columba in 565 AD, Alexander MacDonald in 1802 stating he saw a large, stubby-legged animal surfacing from the lake and propelling itself within 50 yards of the shore where I stood. And in 1871 or 72, by D. Mackenzie, who reportedly saw an object resembling an upturned boat wriggling and turning up the water. The object moved slowly at first, disappearing at a faster speed. <laughs> so we have St. Columba. We have what we say, uh, D. McKenzie and Saint Alexander Columbus, who was like, McDonald. Be gotten from me. Yeah. <laughs> he just scanned right. off him. Okay. That, that sent it off, and then two you other really vague reports later. of a of a monster in this lake until 1933 when the road opened up, and yeah. now we got this. I just saw this. So George George Spicer and his wife, the couple that had the, the <laughs> creature come across yeah, yeah. the road there. Described the creature, and it was printed in the paper as having a large body, about four feet high and 25 feet long, with a long, wavy, narrow neck, slightly thicker than an elephant's trunk, and as long as the 10 to 12 foot width of the road. They saw no limbs. So well, that was the physical description that they put and so was snake? printed in the paper. Flippers? Yeah, just yeah, I guess flippers, no but no limbs. Yeah. No, no, I think no arms and legs. Yeah. Is that makes? But I I'm think not. You could have flippers without legs. Like, I think. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know if a flipper is considered a. Just like a hand. If it's outside, like. like but it, maybe not a limb, if that makes sense. In a, well, and it's not. It's 1930 something. Yeah. <laughs> they don't know what limbs are. Yeah, that's well, unlike. Or and, maybe if it's like wriggling across the ground, you're not gonna notice it. It's like a seal. Yeah. Like in the dark, would you necessarily notice like an elephant seal's front flippers, flippers no, not really. as like limbs, Maybe. looking like limbs in the dark? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the That's shitty 1930s head headlights on your in 19, in 19, Model A or whatever. In 1930s, you know, everything Peugeot was a monster version. too. They were like, porcupines <laughs> yeah, yeah. coming out. They were drinking turpentine, saying it was like actually alcohol. So. Yeah, and they were like cocaine <laughs> all the time. Uh, so what I did want to bring up, though, that that's a pretty detailed description of Nessie. So <laughs> never before this have we had like a detailed description. 1933, the road opens up, and now there's a detailed, within months, there's a detailed description of the creature in the <laughs> lake. Uh, so we've finally established what the creature actually looks like, something we can keep an eye out for, if yeah. that makes sense. A wriggling snake. Yeah. It was on November 12th, 1933, that a man named Hugh Gray took a photograph near Foyers alleged to depict the monster. It was slightly blurry and had been... That's and the had famous been, one? No, no. Oh. We'll get to that one. <laughs> this, is the, this is the start of the whole that. It was slightly blurry and had been noted that if you look close, you can see Gray's dog in the water where he'd been fetching a stick while they were out on a walk. So apparently, Gray was out on a walk, threw a stick in the water for his dog, and then looked down and saw something crazy and yeah. decided to take a picture of it. <laughs> the original negatives, though, were lost. But in 1963, Maurice Burton came into possession of two lantern slides 
contact positives from the original negatives, he revealed it was actually an otter rolling around in the water. <laughs> that's that's uh... a. <laughs> well, so 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 we can officially say there's but... evidence to that there's we're contributing to the hype. So now we got a description. We got a blurry photo. It wasn't but a couple weeks later in December that the Daily News commissioned Marmaduke Weatherell. Whoa. Marmaduke? Marmaduke, Whoa. Marmaduke Weatherell. That's Weatherell. not what? a dog. Can, 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 Marma, point, yeah. Marmaduke Weatherell. <laughs> Marmaduke Weatherell. That is a, a fucking British name if yeah. I've ever awesome heard name. one. Yeah. So uh, he was a big time hunter and he was commissioned. He was commissioned to locate the sea serpent. No, he was commissioned to fucking shoot yeah. it. He's <laughs> like, I'm going to hunt it and wear it as a trophy. And commissioned by the Daily News, keep in mind. By the, by the newspaper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Newspapers for murder. There's no... There's murder <laughs> paper. Plug. So, so along, <laughs> along, the lake, along the lake shores, he found footprints that he believed belonged to a very powerful, soft-footed animal about 20 feet long. So he went out, he got commissioned by the newspaper on his travels and traverses. He stumbled upon some footprints. I found some titillating evidence. That he, yeah, that he believed belonged to a very powerful, soft-footed animal about 20 feet long. Soft-legged-footed animal out there. So I want to point I out, now we got a description, we got a blurry photo, and we got reported footprints all in 1933. All the sensationalism evidence is lining up. 1,468 years after the yeah. initial sighting <laughs> by so, right, St. Columbo or whatever. Right yeah. after the main access road opened up. Oh, the main access right, to the, right, to the right. previously isolated of area. Course. Yeah, yeah. So, you know. So I do want to note, though, it was found out later by zoologists at the uh, Natural History Museum upon closer inspection. I find this funny. Upon closer inspection of the footprints, they were determined that the tracks were identical and made with an umbrella stand or an ashtray <laughs> with a hippopotamus leg as the base. So keep For great sure. detective. Keep in mind it was like <laughs> sure. it was debunked. Dude got Well like, no no, it's not debunked. It could be a descendant of the hippo. We well, don't know. No, like they <laughs> they figured it out. They were just like, well, no, dude, check funny it. Like you should say that because at some point I want to bring up something that ties into this. Now in January of nineteen thirty four, a motorcyclist uh, named Grant, uh, Arthur Grant, claimed to have merely hit a creature while approaching our, oh man, nearly not, hit a creature. Yeah, nearly hit yeah. a creature. Almost. He just missed it. I mean, could have broke his collarbone like Taylor, but he didn't. Nope. And that. Uh, oh, approach, is a deer? Yeah, approaching Arbriashon. Uh, I'm going to say. That's it. probably the name. Yeah, of it. all right. Near the northeastern end of the lock at about 1 a.m. on a moonlit night. According to Grant, it had a small head attached to a long neck. The creature saw him and crossed the road back into the lock. Grant, a veterinary student, described it as a cross between a seal and a ple uh, plesiosaur. plesiosaur. Right. And a little side note that Nessie has been thought uh, by many to be a plesiosaur, which is a marine reptile that went extinct some 65 million years ago. Right. And that's a pretty common thread. That's what science wants you to think. 
Yeah. Big science. It, <laughs> we all know. <laughs> big <that>. science. <laughs> it's a and, big demonic shadow. And That's what I think. Cut to commercial. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, stop. God damn it. So with that, will no longer be on this podcast. <laughs> with that in mind, uh, up to current now, up to 1933, that brings us up to what you were bringing out, one of the most famous photos that we've had and that really unlocked and r- really ran with it and made the whole history of kind of the, the mm-hmm. Loch Ness, which is the surgeon's photograph, the infamous surgeon's photograph. Um, but with that in mind, we're going to come back to that after a short commercial break mm-hmm. and talk a little bit more about mm-hmm. the... Uh, Infamous surgeon's photograph of surgeon. the Loch Ness monster. Dun, dun, dun. This episode of Black Sheep and Bad Apples was brought to you in part by the following: Would be nice bed sheets. The Amazon is dying, but your comfort doesn't have to. Stay warm with would be nice bed sheets. The Shy Bladder Foundation. Together, we pee strong. Laws against bear paws. Too many bears shit in the woods. Laws against bear paws. Need a box? Order a box. It comes in a box when you order a box. Boxes! Take a little time, Foundation. And by viewers like you. And now back to a little bit more of Black Sheep Seriously, and Bat. Seriously, whose fucking goat is this? Oh. Who took the apples? All right, that brings us back. Back again. Back, back, again. Yeah. back again. Back again. This part of the episode brought to you. We're going to do one of these little things. Bye. Hazy little thing, IPA. Plus Sierra Nevada here. Bringing you hazy memories in the morning. We appreciate you, Sierra Nevada. Um, we think. All right, so that's going to bring us back to the where we left off, the surgeon's photograph. The surgeon's photograph is one of the more just uh, – it's probably the most infamous picture and – well, I guess I gave it away. Picture. Uh, Black and well, white, like the upside-down J one. It looks like an yeah, upside-down yeah. J from far it's, away. Like. It more or less looks like some dinosaur in a body of water, like just the head poking up, coming out like a long neck if it was swimming in the lake. That's how I've always kind of thought about it. It's clear. It's not blurry, but it's It's not detailed, if that makes sense. It's not like you're not going to get that color. It's a black and white photo. It's a... But for clear and shape and all that type of stuff, it's, you know, for the time. Yeah, and again, it's like the quintessential, uh, uh, you know... This is the photo. This is the photo. Yeah. So the surgeon's photograph is reportedly the first photo of the creature's head and neck. It was supposedly be sup- hmm. supposedly yeah there you go taken by Robert Kenneth Wilson, who is a London gynecologist. A a London a London gynecologist a London gynecologist London he's from London oh okay <laughs> London the photo was London. published in the mm. Daily Mail. Keep in mind the oh, Daily the Mail. Daily Mail. <laughs> On April 21st, 1934. So one year after the main access road to the lake was built and people could come more, uh, more easily access the lake, a picture of the creature is taken. And it's a pretty clear one conveying the description of Nessie. 
the one we previously heard about. It's got the mm. details that have been kind of depicted over the course of yeah. the last year. Gosh, it looks like what everybody's been talking about. <laughs> Perfect. Interestingly enough, the London gynecologist refused to have his <laughs> refused to have his name associated with the picture, which led to it to be known as the surgeon's photograph. So because he didn't want his name attached to it, they denoted it the surgeon's photograph. Even though he's just a gynecologist. Okay, a quick side note. I thought it was really funny. The picture was dubbed the surgeon's photo after a gynecologist. Yeah, it's... I don't know what surgery generally... Uh, I don't know. In London, gynecologist... because you're not a gynecologist. Yeah, I, I just... When I think of a surgeon, I'm not thinking of a gynecologist. That's all I'm kind of getting I mean, at. it's long enough ago that, like, anybody's a doctor's a surgeon. Like... True, the barber yeah. was still considered also uh, a surgeon. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, surgeon's a fairly fucking loose it's, term. You <laughs> yeah. know, it's not like now when you're like, yeah, we're oh, use a surgeon. You're that's like, a oh, brain that's surgeon. Extra. No, this guy was top, a gynecologist. Like, a gynec. He had yeah. surgery on. Well, and that, did not yet. <laughs> well, that's where the AMA has been kind of the like, American Medical Association. It was for a long time they just like kind of fucked off with like snake oil salesmen and people like that. Where it's like, oh yeah, you went to college to study gynecology. Great, that's awesome. Gynecologist. But you call yourself a surgeon? Yeah, I do surgery too. And it's right. like, all right, fine. The AMA was just like, yeah, this. this <laughs> yeah, I'll scans. cut. I'll cut your uh, the labia of your. Clitoris off, no problem. Yeah, that's sure. what I was saying. I'm you don't surgeon. need degrees. No one will ever ask. You need me to look it down below, and you're missing a finger. Well, shit. I guess that's two birds, one stone. It. Yeah, that's so. Nevertheless, according to Wilson, he was looking at the lock when he's. Uh, he was looking at the lock when he saw the monster. He grabbed his camera and took four photos. Only two exposures came out clearly. The first reportedly shows a small head and back. The second shows a similar head in a diving position. The first photo became well-known, and the second attracted little publicity because it was a bit blurry. So one out of four, he got a, some snapshots off. Shot. Mm -hmm. But So what do you guys think of just the general... Now that it's been a year. Now it's uh, we've had... Within a year, we've had apparently a reported size and description of a monster crossing the road in front of a car. Uh, we have, um, we, we have that Nessie's leaving footprints and almost got hit by a motorcycle. Hmm. Not to imagine that it's also gotten a very descriptive photo taken of it floating out in the water all within a year of this main access road opening up. What do these footprints look like? What uh, like what kind of markings is it? They is look it? like a like a hippopotamus marking because it was uh, that's where they came to the conclusion that it had to be something that somebody took a hippopotamus foot of some sort or another. Like I, apparently you can get those in Scotland back in the day, yeah, and started stamping it down the beach, and then was like, "Oh, look what I found!" Uh, so and that was a hoax. That was like say the Natural yeah. History Museum. Through that, but it did look like hippopotamus foot. So apparently, it's the, it looks like it has hippopotamus feet. It's about twenty to twenty-five feet long, four feet high, with a neck about ten to twelve feet long, and a small head on the top of it, hmm. with possibly flippers or no actual feet. Yeah. Uh, and when it crossed the road, it was reported that. 
in front of the car when it was crossing the road that when it crossed the road and went back into the lake, it was just crushing all the underbrush below it mm. and stuff. So when it went and slithered out into the out into the bay, almost like a, maybe a seal or a sea lion would, it can't really walk and just leave prints. Yeah. It actually just was like no so limbs seen, crushing, yeah, but that then that's more. where the hoax came up kind of mm-hmm. too. It was like then we found footprints. Well, you just reported a large beast without limbs, and now there's footprints on the beach. You know what the solution to that question is? Loch Ness Monster, the second one. Loch Ness Monster 2, Electric Boogaloo. Same oh, boogaloo. and he gets, yeah, like, dancing shoes on, and yeah, he's just yeah, dancing yeah. down. Shoes, yeah. like. Well, <laughs> an evolution of the Loch Ness Monster, that's why I kind of had to bring up earlier, was, you know, does it nest or eat or sleep outside the lake? Because apparently it can traverse from in the water to out of the water. So for some odd reason, it, it goes in the water, but it also leaves the water. And that part's undefined. There is, I haven't found any information. That's why there's two animals. That says, so yeah. what I'm also kind of wondering, though, is if there's some evolution over time from ancient history to now where from no roads in a lake in ancient times to there being people around in castles and monasteries. It's got to be a little faster. Yeah, what was? It's maybe it evolved over time like a lot of creatures did, and now instead of it having just flippers, what was, it's got some feet to walk on because it needs to go What was St. Columbus's description bit. of it? What's that? What was St. Columbus's uh, uh, Columbia's description of it? Uh, his description was just like a large, a large water creature beast. Let me uh, go back. Uh, it just says a monster, a monster bit of swimmer, and prepared to attack another one. So it's that's where in the old times before 1933 it was really vague as far as there was yeah. just some large flippered animal in the water that was trying to attack people, yeah. and it didn't seem obviously distinguished of it being some other animal that would make sense to be in a fresh body, mm. large body water. So man, I I think there's in like. So much of what we take for granted is the questions that you ask to like figure out the validity of something. At some point in back in history, though, nobody knew that that wasn't an <laughs> idea anybody <laughs> had. And, and I, I do and like. I don't know when that idea came up, but like. And I do like to point out that there is some folklore to it. Obviously, scientific it's, method uh, we can kind of is see a that. lot newer than fucking. Yeah, but I don't Same. doubt, like I was saying earlier, Boo-boo that uh, the is. people carving um, the pictures on the walls, there obviously was some new beast or creature or monster, whatever you want to call it in new terms, that was in the lake or doing something. Because, and that's where I'm like, there is, I feel like, some small amount of truth, which is obviously where a lot of conspiracies or folklore or mythical things start to happen because the like a fish tale. Yeah. Which makes sense for this. A fishtail starts off with, yeah, there probably was some huge animal with flippers in the lake back then. But, th- but okay. not anymore, if that makes sense. I, Lauren showed me the Pictish Beast, mm-hmm. right? And it doesn't really match any of these descriptions. And that's, no, that's, that's right. I mean? like, that's where I want to. It's also from everything else. Like, like yeah, here's this thing. And then there's definitely a horse. That's definitely a horse. And then above that looks like a lion, maybe a person. Yeah. I so mean, there were totally lions in Europe, but I didn't. I don't know if there were lions in Scotland. No, for sure. And that's right. Okay, so old folklore to 1933 modernization of an area happens type of deal. So uh, this is a big year for old Nessie, though. Keep in mind. 
1933 to 1934. That's, I mean, we got, like we said, sightings of of crossing traffic, leaving footprints, almost getting hit by a motorcycle. Obviously has a problem with the new road. (laughs) Clearly. (laughs) You know what I mean? mean, It is not dealt with transportation or traffic or anything in the life of this thing. And now it's obviously being like, what's this, you know, like a deer in headlights. I kind of feel like a, a little bit. And the news definitely uh, is definitely spurring the efforts to prove the mos- monster's existence. So the Daily News, the Daily Mail, Daily you know, Mail, yeah. yeah, is definitely like, hey, if you can find it, well, if you Murdoch can get a picture of it, let us know. <laughs> well, for 60 years, the photo, the surgeon's photo, was considered evidence of the mon- monster's existence. There was a lot of skepticism as well. Some demi- uh, dismissed it, the picture, as driftwood, <laughs> an elephant, <laughs> an otter, or a bird. I like the idea of an elephant being in Scotland, and nobody I, noticed that somebody <laughs> taking it to the lake. I, it, it's probably up there with like the Patterson Bigfoot photo as like the most famous cryptid photo like ever existed. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. No, and that's what I thought was kind of funny. Is it's like who who is taking an elephant? And because uh, I don't think elephants roam Scotland. Pretty mm. sure no. You guys might be wrong about that, actually. Well, I mean, maybe they could maybe there's ma- a couple of elephants. Yeah, you guys might be wrong but about maybe, that. I don't know if they're know roaming about. the Highlands of Scotland. I, I wish there was a way that we could you check, know, but there's yeah, no well, no. If yeah, if you <laughs> just c- have to have faith. If you, you do know faith. that uh, elephants roam faith. the Highlands of Scotland around the Loch Ness. Mm-hmm. Or the yeah the Loch Ness of Scotland. Yeah. Please, limbless uh, elephants. Limbless please, elephants. Well, no elephants, just, just in that, general. In general. Okay. I just want to know if there's elephants because apparently some people thought it was controversial this photo and <laughs> thought it might be an elephant. And I'm kind of wondering why there's an elephant in the Loch Ness of Scotland swimming around. But you know, I uh, got a bunch more questions. For, we'll yeah, continue. for a later date. <laughs> uh, it was often uh, the picture was often shown cropped. Keep this in mind, making the creature seem large and the ripples like waves. So when you take a photo and you bring it in, you don't see the whole surroundings. Everything seems a bit more exaggerated a little bit. Uh, While the uncropped photo shows the other end of the lake and the monster in the middle. So the original actual photo is of the entire lake where you can see the the surrounding highlands. And then there's this little thing in the middle. Mm Mm-hmm. But the crop photo, that the surgeon's photo that we're all used to that was published and all that stuff is blown up of just the head coming out the water. And, you know, like we're not trying yeah. to look at the lake and the surrounding castles. We're trying to look at this monster in the lake. Uh, so some analysis of the photo fostered some doubt. But like say, not too much doubt. For decades after this, People have been trying to see Nessie, and quite a few more have captured some evidence of its existence. Hmm. In, in 1938, a South African tourist, G.E. Taylor, filmed something in the lock for three minutes on a 16-millimeter film. In 1938, as well, Chief Constable of Inverness, mm-hmm. the Inverness Shire actually, wrote that the monster existed beyond doubt and expressed concern about the hunting party, which had arrived with custom-made harpoon guns, <laughs> determined to catch the nice. creature dead or alive. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they showed up with the harpoon guns. 
dead or alive though. They yeah, take the the. He they, he believed they were his... shooting those harpoon guns no matter oh, what. They, That's all they were saying. But they were like, <laughs> we're, yeah. here for, we're here for Nessie Constable, yeah. you know. And he was like, I don't know if you should go about that. And I said, so, Yeah, I want want to question the constable at the time. Where it's just like. Maybe you shouldn't be worried about a group of individuals showing up in your town with harpoon guns, trying to catch a possible creature out of the lake. Maybe you, you should just be worried about, about a group monster. of individuals oh, yeah. more showing up in your town with a bunch of modified harpoon no, guns. No, that, you know, that, that seems that seems that doesn't scan. Nevertheless, what year the, is this? Uh, 1938. Yeah, nobody yeah. cares. <laughs> Nobody gives a quid if they've got harpoon guns. <laughs> so uh, the constable believed his power to protect the them, to protect the monster from the hunters was very doubtful. <laughs> so despite what they said and everything else, he was like, eh, "I'm probably not gonna this. I ain't gonna stop this." And I just probably luring into what we were thinking is like, "Yeah, Nessie was a good cover-up story, or yeah, whatever." But now people were with guns are showing up. <laughs> Gotta fucking stop this shit. Now jump to 1954. Sonar readings from the fishing boat Rival 3. The crew noted a large object keeping pace with the vessel at a depth of 146 meters. It was detected for 800 meters before losing contact. In 1955, Peter McNabb took a photograph that depicted two long black humps in the water. The photo was not made public until it appeared in Constance White's 1957 book on the subject. In 1958, it was published by the Weekly Scotsman. So, you tell me the lake that's got a bunch of bums under it also has a bunch of monsters in it. That has a rising level of water, yeah. Yeah. You know, but, uh, you know. In 1960... Aeronautical engineer Tim Denzel filmed a hump, which left a weight crossing oh, Loch Ness. Oh, fuck! Dinsdale described it as a red, as reddish with a blotch on the side. He said when he mounted his camera, the object began to move. He shot forty feet of film. What does that mean? It was on tape it was only on film so you know not like minutes these days on a little sd card back <laughs> oh, then it was real film so literally, literally like rolling film and i would have to look up how long a canister of film is for that relevant era but i don't that 40 feet it's not a short amount of what film was it eight film. millimeter uh 16 millimeter 16 millimeter so 16 millimeter film 40 feet of it and that ain't cheap to develop either no. we've all developed photos at the photo house and didn't like that we had to pay a lot for the two photos that came out of it at the time and this and that so 40 no, photos used to be super cheap to develop dude and there were photo fucking development places fucking everywhere i swear to god and then digital cameras showed up and all those places 10 years later pretzel factor pretzel yeah. oil shops yeah they but, all became but developing film is <laughs> definitely a lot more expensive and especially back in the time sure. when it was when it was new Oh, yeah, back for sure. That's true, too. So the next encounter I like is in 1977. Anthony Shields took some photos of Nessie, which are kind of considered some of the clearest photos that they've ever had of Nessie. While camping next to the 
Urquhart Castle. Shields, a magician and psychic, <laughs> claimed to have summoned the animal out of the water. Okay. He I later. Did, <laughs> he later. <laughs> totally seems legit. Yeah. <laughs> he later. Weird going on. He later described it as an elephant squid, though. Oh right. Claiming the long neck shown in the photo is the squid's trunk and a white, uh, and the. An elephant squid. And a white dot at the base of the neck is an eye. Okay. So, t- is you're telling me magician squid. and psychic, man. So he Took one to notably the, the most. In the 70s, <laughs> saw an yeah. elephant squid. It was like, this has got to be nasty. Yeah, and, and there's I, no drugs involved. Yeah, I don't want to point so, out when the year you, you know of who? LSD may have came out and some relevancy in drug history according to the 70s. But in Scotland, I this don't, seems like it, we could trust this. But, you know, it's yeah, you know it magician like psychics. Right, there, right about no, there is no animal recognized by zoology known as an elephant squid. There is yeah. a <laughs> Dumbo octopus, which is super cute. <laughs> But uh, right about that time, um, in the 70s, in Loch Ness, uh, Jimmy Page moved in. He bought oh, uh, one yeah. of the castles there. I, and, uh, I remember that. He yeah. bought a castle there and lived out his wizard yep. wizard life that he deemed when he was in Zeppelin. He bought the he bought a house from uh, some uh, from um, Alistair Crowley. Ah. Oh, Jesus. Alistair Crowley lived See, there See, this for story a just while. gets more and more above board. Like, <laughs> the, so, okay. Just, Verifiable facts. So there continued, there continued to be a, a lot more films and photos for years until 1993. In 1993, the makers of Discovery Communications documentary Loch Ness Discovered took a closer look into the surgeon's photo. The photo that has been keeping people believers for 60 years when they analyzed the uncropped photo, they found a white object in every version of the photo. It was believed to be the cause of the ripples, as if the object were being towed, although it could be a blemish on the negatives. That's kind of still the add to the, ooh, we don't know if it's real or not, because that could just be a dot on some old negatives. More importantly, analysts... Analysts... Hmm. Analysts? Analysis. Let's do that one. There we go. More importantly, analysis of the full photograph indicated that the object was small, about two to three feet long. So that uncropped photo to crop photo, where the ripples look big, and the this and the that, when they blew it up, they kind of did some uh, math in the photo and was like, wait a second, it's not possible. That's that thing is literally two to three feet big. That's not a ten to twelve foot neck. Since 1994, most agree the photo was an elaborate hoax. Fake. It has been described. Faker. It has been described as fake in December 1975, sun, in the Sunday Telegraph article that fell into obscurity. I like the, the so Daily Mail. So in 1975, Mail didn't that. <laughs> in 1975, the Sunday Telegraph was like, "Yo, this shit ain't real. That this, this photo's bullshit." But that article just disappeared. Huh. It just kind of fell in. It didn't disappear, but it fell into a the box you're not going to open for yeah. a long ass yeah. time. Nobody noticed you know? the article and was like, Fuck Exactly. It. 
Back page. Details of how the photo was taken were published in the 1999 book Nessie, The Surgeon's Photo Exposed, which I think is a really great name for that, exposing <laughs> an old photo. <laughs> which contains the 1975 Whoa. Sunday Telegraph article. The creature was reportedly a toy submarine built by Christian Sperling, the son-in-law of Marmaduke Wetherell. <laughs> hmm. Now remember, Wetherell was the man who made the fake footprints. Oh, Marmaduke. You scared. Silly yeah. little... You silly dog. Well, he had been... I knew he was going to do it. <laughs> Well, he had been publicly ridiculed by his employer, the Daily News, after he found the footprints were a hoax. To get revenge on the mail, Wetherell perpetuated his hoax with co-conspirators Sperling, a sculptor specialist, Ian Wetherell, his son, who bought the materials, Nice, so he's broke. Yeah. He's like, hey, son. And, and Maurice. Let me borrow a couple bucks. Yeah. We'll put you on my project. Yo, hey, son. We're going to have some fun right now. You got, you got a job? You, been, you don't got much bills? Okay, hey, let's jump in on this. Sounds good, Dad. And Maurice Chambers, an insurance agent. Wait a I want to see him go up to like Shark Tank with this and be like, all right, I got a deal for you guys. <laughs> so that's what I'm like. I, I really like how they had an insurance agent on hand. He employed his son and a sculpture specialist, and then somebody just to make sure they didn't fuck some shit up and say that's some legal trouble. You know, like, hey, Which, uh, the whole thing is legal trouble. No, it is. Like, it's just the whole thing. It, like, uh, So uh, the toy submarine was bought from F.W. Woolworths, hmm. and the head Fake and back news. were made from wood putty. Fake news. After testing it in local ponds, the group took it up to the Loch Ness. <laughs> Where Ian took the photos near the alt Altsai. Yep, that's how you say it. Yep, tea house. It didn't take long before they heard a water bailiff approaching. Duke Weatherall sank the model with his foot and presumably is still somewhere in the Loch Ness. <laughs> so the security guard comes over and stomps on the submarine. He's like, get submarine here. Now keep in mind, Duke Weatherall. It's another family member of Ian and oh. Marmaduke. And Marmaduke. Oh, Marmaduke. Damn. Duke. Yeah. No, Duke. Oh, Duke. You no, know, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah sure. Yeah. I was just like, wait, where'd Duke come oh, from? Oh, shit. So, no. So, yeah. Dad was just like, oh, shit. Cops coming. And stomped it out. <laughs> oh, put it in the I water. See. And they, right after they took a, four photos, they were like, cool, get it in the lake. They got four photos of it. And then they were like, oh, shit, stomp that shit How's out. going, officer? Oh, hey, what what's going on? Nothing, nothing here. Nothing happening here. Uh, now, Chambers gave the photograph plates to Wilson, a friend of his who enjoyed a good practical joke. Wilson, <laughs> or the gyneco gynecologist surgeon from London. Oh, right. Yeah. Brought the plates to Oxton's. And Inverness chemist and gave them to George Morrison for development. He sold the first photos to the <laughs> Daily Mail. Wait. <laughs> Wait. I think we, we've heard that name before, haven't we? It's yeah. just a big fuck you to the Daily Mail. Yeah. So, yeah, so Weatherall got all upset for being ridiculed over a hoax, so he continued with the hoax and sold it back to the paper through a friend. 
ultimate punk rock. He was like, oh yeah, you don't like this fake news? Oh yeah, watch this, this shit. Marmaduke is a. I don't like him. So <laughs> Dude, and he was just like, yeah, I'm done with that. This is what really. This is how it went. This is how it really unfolded, and he's all pissed off about it. He went to this newspaper and was like, I'm this hunter guy. I can catch this thing. Pay me to do it, and I'll give you guys the like first dibs, you yeah. know, whatever. And then went out and faked a bunch of shit. My first clue was that he was a hunter paid. from London. <laughs> yeah, a big hunter from, uh, yeah. Well, like, but like, if you know, big game hunting and shit, whatever people yeah, but travel all over the place to like shoot they animals. shoot elephants and right. hippopotamuses in Scotland. Oh, yeah, right. 30 30 they were ruthless. So <laughs> then he gets caught in like, no, now he's, now, yeah. Was oh, he, yeah. There was no. There, this was before there were like anti-defamation laws. No, and, and, it, stuff. and like, it was like newspapers. Like this guy's a piece of shit. Fuck him. No, Andy kicked and him to like to, like slander you publicly. Andy, like, he it. didn't fire him. He <laughs> just publicly ridiculed him. So he was like, "Yo, you're gonna be a journalist? No, now Dwayne you're sweeping Moore. the floor, and Damn. I'm gonna make fun of you in the next five papers." And he was like, "Shit." And just like ruined his reputation did. around town and all this other stuff. Right. And he was like, "Oh yeah, huh? You think it's funny? I'm still sweeping your floors." Was there? Watch this. Was there some story in there that he was like, he's trying to bury the story? Oh uh, yeah, I'm not sure on that. So with that in mind, it explains that the photo was a hoax. But I, what I want to bring up is, what do you believe? Do you think the Loch Ness monster is real, or do you think it's just been an elaborate hoax and stories over the years? How much do you think that the toy submarine would be worth if you found it in the Loch Ness Lake? <laughs> the original one that they made the hoax photo up with. And if the monster is real, what do you think it is? A ples- plesiosaur. Plesiosaur? An otter cross? An elephant? And are there even elephants in scotland no <laughs> well and and like i think the real monsters in the story aren't the ones in the water they're the ones taking the photos and perpetuating this <laughs> bullshit well, just, oh the people yeah, the, yeah people, the, are the people, people are the monsters people are the people are the monsters that's but, what we learn in like every scooby-doo episode <laughs> how often is scooby-doo lied to you never uh, that's true yeah so what were the first two questions that you had <laughs> Uh, how much? Well, I remember the, how much is the is the thing worth? I have no idea how much the thing would be worth. It would be uh, like getting the Bigfoot costume from like, the Patterson. Yeah, 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 exactly. But like, oh. if that was re- uh, like, if it was no fake one would and be- someone gets that, that would be a priceless. Like, nobody be would to- believe that it was real if you found the thing anyway. That's um, yeah. That's you know what I mean? <laughs> and like, so, I found the toy submarine from the surgeon's photo. It's so like, do hey, I believe the Loch Ness monster is real? Exists. Or do you think it's just stories over the existence of time and it's just kind of a built-up folklore? You know, I am a scientist and I require proof that can be corroborated by more than one source in a public way. And none of these cryptids have produced any of this fucking proof, man. It's just like some stone carving that doesn't look anything like the description. It's, um, but I'm also a bit of a molder, you know, I want to yeah. believe. I do. Well, and, I want to believe. I do like, want so to. Who's to stop the dinosaur or who's to stop like the universe from creating this, this thing that lived in the waters for a little while. And like, 
the person way back in the day caught one little glimpse of this thing that you know could have been just a feral like a, a Scottish walrus or something. But either way, it was it was some monster, and the dude yelled at it, and it went back to the water, and then it went extinct, and it sank to the fucking bottom yeah. and got buried by a bunch of other man stuff. Man and yeah. megafauna have coexisted. Yeah, dinosaurs and man have not, but. If anything was going to survive, like, an extinction-level event, it would be, you know, something in the water uh, sooner than something on the land. Um, but I would say if it does exist, it's, it's, uh, it's going to be something that you see other, like, is resembled in other ancient ways, mm-hmm. not in... I want to see, like, stories that corroborate each other from peoples that have never met no it's definitely you know a I mean? scottish and that's what i i kind of wanted to bring up is this specific story and i know there's similar creature water creatures and other lakes and things like that but this specific story has to do with just the loch ness lake and only right. in scotland it's a secular right. myth that, has, that's what works really well with it being a lake but like it, mm. it the s- stories are very similar to our bigfoot stories yeah where yeah. it, it, it kind of goes into the folklore and kind of blends in it's kind of hard to see what's truth and what's not and you find this like these legends or or like myths on in multiple cultures for especially for the bigfoot yeti thing you know there's more bigfoot-esque cultural cryptids in ancient mythos for indigenous peoples than any other one yeah but there's a whole ton of them unless you're talking about the ocean and then you talk about the kraken and things like that that's been in our history that one's easy man like there are gigantic freaking squid yeah they're huge squid and boats used to be really stinky (laughs) wooden corks they're covered in 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 dead animal stuff right (laughs) and what are these giant squid eat they'll they'll definitely eat a dead carcass floating in the surface of the water you find them all the time on like floating carcasses uh but that's of course it's gonna come to the boat it's gonna come up to the boat and try and eat the boat it's got you know a beak inside you know its mouth is this beak that's like a foot long almost and so it's gonna take big chunks out of the side of a boat before it decides i don't want to eat this and fucking swims off or you stab it a few times and it leaves that's not a cryptid. That's just people misunderstanding. Oh, well, it was the, at one point. So well, do you, bef- before enough. we get too tangent, what do you think, Joe? Do you, do you, well, how do you believe in the. I believe it's Loch something Ness else monster. all entirely. I, I believe it's, um, the, the story that I like a lot is from uh, Alistair Crowley living in Scotland. And the story goes that he was supposed to do a 12, uh, 12 month ritual. And only got through six months of it and quit, and tore a, a hole into the fabric of reality and like let these creatures loose. Huh. And there's a this is also the time where he drew the um the big alien head that like looks a lot like a lot of the alien greys. And hmm. this is right about the time where you start seeing the progression of Loch Ness getting a lot more sightings. So I think it was a. a, a a site that had some power from back in the day and he heard this so he t- 
took all his money and moved out there and started playing around with weird rituals and kind of did something a little fucked up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So but I, it kind of just sounds like a good comic book. You release too. the ancient ones. It sounds the very young. Lovecraft. Lovecraftian. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so it's, be- a, it's a Cthulhu. It's not a Kraken. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I guess before we conclude, I just want to leave my little thought on the Loch Ness monster that. Uh, Maybe oh uh, did you yeah. Oh, I was just gonna say that I I kinda think that it's mostly sensationalism. But I also leave a whole lot of room for like it kinda just being like as I explained earlier, like maybe there's something there or that existed there at one point and is no longer there. Like the world is a fucking mystery and we're discovering new things about everything every day. That's why I like some of these cryptids like I'm I love the journalistic aspect of like having evidence, having people who are honest and reporting verifiable facts. I love all of this. And uh, so like cryptids for me are always still going to be like just a man. I hope we get it one day <laughs> because I, I personally hope and think they're out there. I ju- just can't verify that. So, so I, I kind of feel the same way. And any uh, final thoughts before we go? All right, so the one final thought I want to leave with is uh, maybe the Loch Ness could be real or is real. I'd like to believe that it is real. Maybe at the time when Scotland was making $80 million a year, it was very employable to believe in the Loch Ness Monster regardless of whether or not it was real. But the current attention that brought to it in 1933 and past, since centuries before that, scared it. And it had to leave the Loch Ness, taking some of all those rivers that leave it outward and traverse into the other parts of the highlands. So maybe the Whoa. Loch Ness is still out in the highlands, but it's not the Loch Ness also, monster maybe anymore. It migrates. Yeah. He can go in and out of gra- out of the lake. He can cross roads. Maybe the next lake's just across the street. And got a little too busy, went to the next yeah. one. Well, the that, beach is getting a little too at, public yeah, now. If you, you look know? at the topography, the Loch Ness is located in like this fold that goes from one side of Scotland to the other, like in a pin straight line. It's just this valley the whole way. And there's several smaller lakes that are basically the same width as the Loch Ness, but just shorter. Yeah. yeah. You know, some distance away. I, I didn't really look to see how far away they were, but it's not an outrageous mm-hmm. distance for an animal that can go a creature in. that, you know, has mm-hmm. purportedly existed for. 13, 1400 years, <laughs> yeah. 1468 years. Yeah. If, it pl- if it's a plesiosaur before 65 mil, it's millions Oof. of years. Mm. <laughs> but it could be, you know, anything. It could be the, there's some, there's a very similar sounding thing from Africa that's like, oh, yeah, I saw But it. has like elephant feet. Yeah. Ah. Right? And so, like, uh, and that head. Yeah, that craning neck with the tiny little head at the end of it. The the translation of its name, which I'm not even going to attempt, because <laughs> it's in Lingala, is uh, the one who stops the flow of rivers. So it's this big, huge thing. It's Snorlax. In- <laughs> Snorlax. <laughs> with that in mind, we're going to go ahead and conclude. Dinah Snorlax. <laughs> Nailed it. Tonight's episode of Black Sheep and Bad Apples about... The Loch Ness Monster. If you have any comments and how you feel or if whether or not you believe in the Loch Ness Monster, please send them to Black Sheep and Bad Apples or snail mail it to P.O. Box 364, Hayfort, California. 
We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us. Fuck Hobo Johnson. Fuck.